Amen. There was a, a story that uh, came out this past week that uh, has been a very interesting story. It first went uh, viral on YouTube, and then it was picked up by the news wires. It's a story of a, of a homeless man that has overcome the odds and is in the, uh, on the verge of making it. His name is Ted Williams, and some of you saw that on the news. Didn't you see that on the news uh, there? Uh, Bob Cupper showed this to me on Wednesday, and from then on, it's been on the news every night. Uh, check this out. There are often homeless people asking for change and freeway exit ramps, but recently there's been this guy with an interesting sign at I-71 and Hudson Street. His handwritten sign says he has the God-given gift of a great voice. Hey, I'm going to make you work for your dollar. Say something with that great radio voice. When you're listening to nothing but the best of oldies, you're listening to Magic 98.9. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. And we'll be back with more right after these words. <laughs> when I was 14, I kind of listened to one of our area radio announcers. And uh, I went as a field trip to go meet the guy. And he looked nothing like what he sounded like. So I asked him about that. And he said to me, listen, radio is defined theater of mind. And so when he said theater of mind, I just said, well, hey. I can't be an actor, I can't be an on-air personality, but the voice just became something of, uh, of a development over years, and I went to school for it. And then alcohol and drugs and a few other things became a part of my life. And I got two years clean, and I'm trying hard to get it back, and hopefully somebody from one of these television or radio says, hey, I need a voiceover, or I, I need something. And that man's name is Ted Williams, and he joins us exclusively here on The Early Show this morning. Ted, good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, and good morning to you, too. I, I just want to hear you talk. Right? <laughs> Ted, just read something. Would you? It's, you know, first of all, congratulations. And let me just ask you right off the bat, what's it like to go from being homeless and on the side of the road with a sign in your hand to now overnight you are this sensation and people can't get enough of you right now? Oh, my God, it's just, it's just sensational for one. I'm, it's numbing for another, overwhelming. I mean, there's so many words that I, I just, oh, God, it's just... Uh, amazing. I feel like, uh, well, I've already been characterized as the, the Susan Boyle. Um, I, I'm going to be going to New York hopefully this afternoon. And please, I apologize. I'm getting a little emotional. I haven't seen my mom in, in a great deal of time since then. But she doesn't believe it. She's 92 and she lives in Brooklyn. And joining us now exclusively is Ted's mom, Julia Williams. Julia, good to see you this morning. Thank How you. are you? Thank you. When you see those images uh, of Ted getting emotional like that when he talks about you, what do you think? God has answered my prayer. I prayed that he could, I would live to see this time and he would do well. I, in the year 2010, on, on this date book that somebody gave me, I was going to write on there, well, another year wasted. But it was the year that I found God in my life. I mean, really a God of my understanding. And so it wasn't a wasted year. And I had no idea that something like this would have ever happened to me. It's like almost winning the um, mega ball lottery <laughs> yeah. or something. This is just phenomenal. The only difference between now and the time that I did have some kind of a heyday or, or a successful uh, life is that now I'm more appreciative of life. I'm not taking it for granted. And I am thanking the Lord every day. Even if this didn't happen, I was still on that road. I thanked him and had a, uh, you know, my hour with God. You know, I always had, I called it my hour with God. Amazing story, isn't that? 
Uh, we love stories like this uh, about people who overcome. Uh, stories, though temptations are great, and maybe even some given into those temptations have overcome with, with God's strength. For if, if they can, we can. Even if, like Ted, gave in to the temptations of the world and got involved in drugs and alcohol and such, he turned to God. <laughs> he had a 90-year-old mom praying for him. Uh, she even said in one other interview that she wondered if God even heard her because she had prayed so long and so hard for him. And yet he overcame. First John 5, verses 4 and 5 says, For everyone born of God overcomes this world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes in Jesus, who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. See, we can overcome no matter what goes on in life. Uh, the economy, a divorce, health issues, even mistakes we've made, even the deep sins that we walk into, we can overcome. Romans 12, 21 says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. For as 1 John 4, 4 says, Dear children, Jesus says, You are from God, or, or, or as John is writing, You are from God and have overcome them because of the one, Jesus, who is in you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And as Jesus himself has said in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> but take heart, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. And because Jesus has overcome, we can overcome. And in this next section of the, the Gospel of Luke that we've been looking through since Christmas and will be going on until the end of, of the book of Luke, not the end of days, <laughs> don't get worried. Uh, but <clears throat> this section of Luke, Luke chapter 3, verse 23 now, and also to, to chapter 4, verse 13, we see Jesus overcome in two areas, two areas that tend to want to manipulate us. Uh, into some meaningless, insignificant, useless uh, blob of nothingness. And yet that's not what we were created for. We were created with purpose. We were created with meaning. We were created to, to have a unique call about our life and to make an impact if we choose to overcome, if we choose to reach like Jesus and overcome. So this morning, I'd like for us to, to learn from this interesting part of Jesus' life. And so if you wouldn't mind just standing one more time with me. I keep wanting to talk like him. Stand one more time with me, please. <laughs> and let's pray. Father God, uh, Lord, it's tough. Days are tough and weeks are tough. And I know that some who stand here this morning are right smack in the heat of a great storm in their life. And Father, we need to overcome. And Lord, I'm praying that this morning as we stand here just in the very first weeks of this new year, looking to overcome a lot as we walk through this year, that you will challenge us this morning. Holy Spirit, teach us for what we need to learn and guide us, we pray in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Please have a seat, and I encourage you to take out the note so that you're, or the worship folder you're given, there's a place to, to write some notes on there, some fill in the blanks, and, and that I've listed some of the verses because I didn't want you to go away without those verses written down for you, the first ones that I had read there, and there's some other verses that are there, and I, a lot of other ones I'll give you and encourage you to write those down. You always learn more when you write things down. Also, if you don't have a Bible with you, uh, we have one that we'd love to put in your hands just for this morning, a loner Bible. As the ushers come down with a stack of Bibles in their hands, if, if you'd like one, uh, just kind of wave your, wave your hand at them. They, they 
they'd loan you one. If you don't have a Bible and would like one later on after the service, go to the information desk and they'd be happy to give you a Bible. But if you need one for a loaner, uh, you can use it, then leave it at your seat and we'll pick it up there. But uh, we can overcome like Jesus as we first overcome history. See, we all have a, a sinful past that finds its uh, roots in Adam. If you want to blame sin, blame Adam. Look at Romans 5.12. It says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, that's Adam, and death through sin, in this way, death came to all men because all have sinned. Adam in the garden with Eve uh, chose to do something that God told them not to do. They could eat of any tree except for this certain tree, and yet they were tempted by the, the enemy, Satan, and they gave in to that temptation. And then sin now hit mankind for all eternity or for all, not eternity, for all of mankind. And that, therefore, it's our tendency, our propensity, our inclination towards this meaningless, insignificant straying from God's way. Yet God's way of life is a life full of meaning, significance, peace, and real joy. Now, it doesn't mean that God's way of life will be easy or full of material prosperity. But the great wealth is a deep love experienced in relationship with God. But sin's history can hold us back and lock us in, but we can break free. We can break free like like many listed in in Jesus' lineage. As you open up to to Luke chapter three, verse 23, it says Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. He was the son, so it was thought, of Joseph. Now, we'll explain this in just a moment, but he didn't, he was, a, Joseph was his stepdad, and, and, it's, and, and Jesus was born of, of the Holy Spirit and, and of Mary, so sin didn't enter into him, but he was therefore part of the lineage still uh, in the way of parenting and the way of environment of Joseph. And we can read down here, and I'm not going to read every name on here, on there, but I'd like to highlight a few of them, a few of them that, that have broken free of the sin that's, that wants to pull them back. Uh, you read down in the, in the uh, different characters here in verse 27, Zerubbabel. If you want to read a little more about Zerubbabel, he's a little, all throughout the Bible uh, in the Old Testament, but certainly in Ezra chapter 2. You can read about him, how he's a, a great spiritual leader and organizer. If you go down a little bit to, to uh, verse 31 and you see the name David, that's a very familiar name to us. We talk a lot about David. He wrote most of the book of Psalms, but you can read about his life in Samuel, First and Second Samuel. He was a giant killer, a leader, a king. And one of the most amazing things to say about a man, he says he was a man after God's own heart. He definitely had broken free of the, 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 the lineage of sin that was around him. Uh, then there's a character like Boaz, just a few names down. Uh, Boaz, you can read about him in the wonderful book of Ruth. Here he is a redeemer of Ruth. You've got to read the book to understand what that means, but, but he was a, a, like a Christ that redeemed Ruth out of this awful life and gave her a, a life full and meaningful. And then, of course, we see characters like Noah, just a, a few more verses down. And you can read about him in Genesis 6 through 9. Uh, this, this crazy carpenter uh, who builds a big boat for when it rains, but yet it had never rained on the earth at that time. People thought he was a little bit crazy. Hey, Noah, what's that in your backyard? Oh, it's an ark. Don't worry about it. And then he collects all these animals just because God said so. <laughs> Each of these people overcame. They overcame the, the debilitating pull of sin. And if they can, 
so can we. They all believed in God. They had a faith. Not so much in in what God just did or, or the experience they had in God, but who God was. They trusted in who God was and is. And they had a connection with God. They had a relationship with him a personal relationship where where they talked to God and God talked to him. And they sought their unique call. They sought why God had them on this earth. And they stayed the course. You see, they had faith and faith in God's way. And they stuck with it. Now, Jesus was not plagued with that sin nature, as I mentioned. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, God made him, that's Jesus, who had no sin to be sin on for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, the key to be able to breaking free from the, the lineage of sin that we are part of is because of what Christ did for us. And it's essential that we understand what Christ did for us. He, being the sinless one, came to live among us to show us how to live and then to eventually take the penalty for sin upon himself and die. So that when we believe in him, and how we believe is we we make a confession, a confession that we're sinful, and a confession that we need a savior, and a confession that Christ is the savior, Jesus is our savior, that's belief. And when we believe in him, we can break free of this, this lineage of sin that we have, the history of sin. So whatever your history, whether it's recent and your own mess-ups or maybe your shady lineage, we can overcome if we believe in God and believe in his way. Now, I don't know um, your past, your lineage. Some of you have done some work on that, and you've been inspired by the great men and women, maybe godly men and women as well, in your heritage. Uh, What's interesting is I found something interesting over this Christmas break about my heritage on my mom's side. It's even a person that's impacted American history and, and has inspired me and has continues to do so. How many of you have heard the story of the midnight ride of Paul Revere? Hopefully, if you are an American, you know that story. <laughs> you know, the British are coming, the British are coming. But did you know that there were two other men who rode with him? Do you know that? Uh, Samuel Prescott and William Dawes. Now, there's, history is a little fuzzy here about exactly what happened, but the three of them went out, and some say that uh, Paul Revere got captured, and, and, and Samuel Prescott jumped over the fence and went on, and William Dawes fell off his horse, or Samuel uh, Prescott got lost, and William Dawes went on, but regardless, all three of them were part of this warning that the British are coming. Well, it just so happens that my mom's maiden name is Dawes, the same Dawes from William Dawes or William Dawes uh, of, the, of this incidence of, of, of warning uh, those that the British are coming. So though I am Canadian, <laughs> my family was a close partner and aide to this wonderful nation. I just thought it's kind of fun lineage there. <laughs> and I feel proud that, and connected to uh, American history. So, you know, don't give me any flack about my citizenship. Okay. <laughs> But even greater, we can have an eternal impact that can overcome the historical bent of sin that pulls us into insignificance if we choose to overcome, to believe, and to connect with God and to live out our unique call. It's there for all of us, and we should overcome. As well, we can learn from Jesus to overcome temptation. 
Luke, in, in sharing Jesus' lineage, wanted people to know that he was fully human, undoing Adam's curse of sin, but still a man that would face temptation. That's why Hebrews 4.15 says it this way, for we know, for we do not have a high priest, that's Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Jesus wants, or Luke wants us all to know that Jesus was human. Yes, fully God, but human in that he felt the pull of temptation. Like that pull when you're on a diet and you see that wonderful box of, of seeds, candies, a whole two pounds full of scotch mellows, you know, that nice marshmallow and, and uh, caramel on there, and they smell so good. It's that kind of pull, <laughs> that, that, that temptation to want to eat that instead of stick to your diet. Or, or if you're a guy and you are uh, on the computer and one of those famous pop-ups or emails comes and you feel that pull, I'm just kind of curious, <laughs> and you click that button, the temptation is there. And, or if you're prone to gossip and you can't wait to know and then to tell about this juicy morsel of, of uh, insight that you've been given. Or if you're prone to pride and people are sharing stories and you can't wait to share how your story was bigger and better than the rest. Or if you're married and it's not going as you had thought it would be and that time with that office worker becomes more than just a work friendship. Temptation is a pull. And here Jesus is tempted by the master tempter. A very real, very much alive, pure, evil very powerful enemy of God and our worst nightmare. In your notes, I've written down just some verses so that you are aware of our enemy. Uh, and, and it's not a mistake that I didn't capitalize uh, the name Satan. I don't believe he's worthy of a capital ever. <laughs> um, but Satan is one who seeks to undo God's work, as Mark 4, 4 15 says. He is the devil who lures people away from God. Job talks about that. He is the enemy and he is your enemy uh, who instigates evil and is constantly working at that. He is the father of lies and the accuser of, of the brethren. Day and night he is coming before God on your behalf saying how you are lousy and can't do it and look at this mess up, look at this where, where they are and constantly accusing us. He's no cartoon figure with horns and a pitchfork and he's out to wreak havoc on every single one of us. If you're not yet a believer, in other words, you've not yet come to make that confession of faith, then he is doing everything he can to help you not hear God's message of salvation. And for us as followers of Jesus, he wants to do everything in his power to render us ineffective by having us give in to temptation and to sin. Some of you have seen the, the Chronicles of Narnia, the, the voyage of the Don Treader, if you haven't seen the movie, I hope you either gather the book or, 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 uh, or, or go to the movie. But it talks about facing temptation. Look at this. Welcome. You have come far, but your journey lies beyond. So if there are no wars to fight, then why are we here? You are all about to be tested. Edmund, I can make you my king and much more.
staring at? Whoever has access to this pool could be the most powerful person in the world. Lucy, we'd be so rich. No one could tell us what to do or who to live with. You can't take anything out of Narnia, Edmund. Says who? I do. The movie is, does a good job, but the book does so much better as C.S. Lewis walks us through the temptations that we face in life because all of life there will be temptations. Three areas of temptations that Jesus went through and he overcome uh, found in Luke chapter 4. Uh, first, he, Jesus was overcoming our sinful flesh. Look at verses 1 through 3 of chapter 4 of Luke. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert for 40 days. He was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. (laughs) At the end? I think he was hungry a lot through. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. We live in a a skin suit that is prone to and bent towards and shaped to form into sin. We have a bent that way. It's our natural fleshly inclination to move towards sin, to not do what God has asked us to do and to do the very things God has told us not to do. Uh, Open up to Romans chapter seven. It's a little bit uh, east from where you are. Romans chapter seven. Verse 19 and 20 say this. Paul is walking through this understanding of, of our sinful nature. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. I do. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is not, no longer I who do it, but the sin living in me that does it. This sin nature that is bent towards doing sin, it's a constant temptation that we face every day of our life. It will never end. I encourage you to, some small groups are going through the book of Romans, and I encourage you to read through the book of Romans. It helps us understand how to deal with our sin nature. See, we have that propensity to sin, but we can overcome Look over to uh, chapter six, just over the next page, verses 22 and 23. But now that you have been set free from sin when you believe, you have become slaves to God. The benefit you reap leads to holiness. The result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We can experience being set free when we come to that place where we believe in Jesus. Uh, Look down at verse six. For when we believe, we know that our old self was crucified, this is Romans 6, crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. You see, when you come to Christ, when you make that confession and believe in Jesus, you don't have to sin. You can't have that ability to overcome. It no longer has barbs in you to pull you back. 
you can overcome. And so the first way to overcome our sinful flesh is to believe in Jesus. As Jesus was tempted, we need to understand the temptation he faced. You see, he was in pain from hunger. And Satan tries to get him to misuse his power to satisfy his own hunger and pain and to go against God's will and way. God's will and way that is sometimes painful, that is sometimes difficult and trying and tough and uncomfortable. See, there is a, there is a myth out there that life God's way is easy, free of pain, full of one blessing after another. And we are tempted to think that life should be like that. And so we avoid the good, difficult, trying, scary adventures that God wants us to go into because we want the ease of personal pleasure. The reality is God's way of life does involve discipline, self-control, restraint, and suffering. Not all the time, but part of life. That's why Jesus replied in in Luke 4.4. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live by bread alone. It's a quote from Deuteronomy 8.3. Man does not live just to satisfy his needs and wants and issues and struggles. Life is more than that. It's enduring. It's growing. And that's found in reading and understanding God's word. Not just simply reading the words on the page, but actually understanding what this word of God says. It's not just memorizing a verse, but actually understanding what that verse means and gaining understanding of God's way. See, to overcome temptation is to to have faith in who God is and his way of life. And that comes from from reading and and understanding God's word. Jesus knew the, the weakness of the human body and how each of us have our own weaknesses. Because of our DNA or because of our background, we have areas that we are weak in. (laughs) Uh, Like for me, uh, of the many areas that I am weak in, I have an. I I was because of my background and where I was brought up, and and maybe it's part of my DNA. I tend to be insecure, and that insecurity, the enemy works that and tempts me to do stupid things to overcome my insecurity. Uh, Because of that, also I I feel a, a great sense of unworthiness to the bad part of that and also I have an addictive tendency and I need to know this so that I could steer away from situations where I would be easily tempted see to overcome our sinful flesh is to believe to believe and have faith in God alone and to learn and understand his way of life from his word to know our weaknesses and to steer clear of our tempting situations Next, let's look at, at Jesus overcoming our sinful world. Look back to Luke chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. The devil le- led him to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world and said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor for it has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I wish. If you worship me, it will all be yours. The enemy tries to tempt us in so many ways. Um, the way of the world is for each of us to think that we have all authority and power to do whatever we want, whenever we want, to whom we ever, ever we want to, to be our own God. If, 
we give our allegiance and worship to the enemy. And we do that when we're not giving our allegiance to God. Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate one or he will love the other. He'll be devoted to one or despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and anything else. It's either God and self, so you'll serve self. You can't serve both God and your work because it'll be your work. You can't serve both God and other people because it will be other people. You have to choose in purpose to serve God alone. That's why Jesus again quotes the Old Testament Bible verse Deuteronomy 6.13 and he says in verse 8 of Luke 4, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That's to have that belief, that faith in him alone. Not just for what he does, not just for the experience that we have in him, but for who he is and all his splendor and glory and in his way of life. That's why memorizing is important. Write down somewhere in your uh, notes, Psalm 119, 9 and 11. It says, how can a young man, how can a young person, how can anyone keep their way pure? By living according to God's word, it says. Verse 11, your word have I treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's not just empty words in there. They're treasured because they're valued, because they understand their meaning. In this overcoming our sinful world, it will take some self-discipline. And as Hebrews 12, 11 says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful later on, however, produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Sure, saying no to seize scotch mellows is not easy. Even when you go buy them and you should only bought one pound, but you bought two just because you thought it would be a better illustration if it was a bigger box. <laughs> and I could have used an empty box. <laughs> but it's tough to say no. And it's tough to say yes to the good things of working out um, and, 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 and eating right and, and doing the good things involved in a relationship. Yet it will, take great, it will make a great difference if you're willing to be consistent. Jesus overcame temptation. He overcame uh, our sinful flesh. He overcame our sinful world. And he overcame our sinful way. Look at verses 9 through 11. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw down yourself from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to be guarding you carefully, and they will lift up your hands and, so that you will not even strike your foot against a stone. The enemy, the great tempter, is great at twisting even scripture. Like I mentioned before, we have this warped view that God's way of life is void of trial and struggle and suffering and hardships. And if God really cares, we think, he would be continually blessing us. <laughs> we'd win the lottery. We'd always get promoted. We'd get great deals all the times. We'd have perfect relationships with no effort. Everything would, we touch would turn to gold. Yet the deeper truth is life may have with it suffering. And just like the enemy was tempting uh, Jesus that, look, look, even scripture says that you should have this. The deeper truth is that life will be tough and that Jesus 
will go through great pain. And yet we're tempted to think that God really doesn't care because those things happen. And when difficulty happens in our life, our trust wavers. The truth is God cares and God loves us regardless of the circumstances. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 1 John 4, 9 through 12, God has shown us his love in sending his son to us. John 13, 34 and 35, a new commandment I give to you, Jesus says, to love one another as I have loved you, Jesus says. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, in other words, while we were yet distant from him, while we yet didn't even care about him, while we yet even despised him, he loved us and sent his son to die for us. Jeremiah 31, verse 3. God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love that never stops, that always continues. Romans 8, 37 and 39 says that nothing can separate us from this love. No action on ourselves, neither demons nor, nor things that we do, no matter how crummy we live our life, nothing can separate us from God's love. He will always be there. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ in me because he loves me. 1 John 3.1, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us. And I could go on all day and all night. Because all through this book, God tells us how much he loves us. And God tells us that he is love. And this is where real faith comes in. Not in what God does for us, but in who he is. He is love. The question is, do you really believe that? Believe God and believe his way. No matter what happens, will you keep believing God loves you? If you could think of the worst thing in the world that would happen to you, do you believe God still loves you? Because he does, no matter what happens. So how do we overcome that temptation? Temptation that says that God doesn't love us? We believe in God and we believe in his way. And as well, we resist him. Look at what Jesus did in verse 12. Jesus said, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Then the devil had finished all his tempting. He left him until an opportune time. James 4, 7 says to resist the devil and he will flee. In other words, to say no. Don't give in. Stand your ground on who God is and on what he asks of us in his way. In the beginning of this, in Luke 4, 1, it said that the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. The truth is the Spirit goes with us. God is with us even in our temptation. Even when we struggle, he's there with us and we need to lean on him. And when the temptation has been subsided to be ministered to, as Matthew 4.11 says, then the devil left him as he records this account and the angels came and attended to him. And they attended to him because Satan will be relentless and all through Jesus' life on earth, he was re- attacked relentlessly And so will we. In the end of verse 13 of Luke 4, it says, and he left, the enemy left Jesus until an opportune time. The enemy is relentless. He will never stop. He does not sleep. 
And he is constantly looking for ways to tempt you away from God's path. But we can overcome. We can overcome like Ted Williams. We can overcome our history. We can overcome temptation. And as Romans 8.37 says, we can be more than conquerors. As 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, there is always a way out of temptation to put our faith in God and to live life his way. Let's be overcomers. Would you pray with me? Father, I'm thankful that you didn't leave us just to flounder on our own, but you helped us and gave us a way to overcome. Uh, Lord, we know that we're gonna face temptation because you did. (laughs) And Lord, we know that we can overcome because you did. Father, we stand in the beginning of this new year as we were challenged with last week about life change. Lord, we want to make a difference this year. We want this year to be a phenomenal year for you. And Lord, we know that's going to involve us overcoming. Help us, we pray in your son's name.